Hi, everybody. I'm your host today, Matthew Farber. I am a, uh, an assistant professor at the University of Northern Colorado. Um, I am in the Technology, Innovation, and Pedagogy Department. I am formerly a, kind of weird to say now, because <laughs> I'm new in higher ed, but I am formerly a social studies teacher from New Jersey. Uh, and I'm formerly a uh, couple of towns away from two of our guests, Steve Isaacs and Kathy Chow Isaacs. Um, but now I'm 1,800 miles away from them. And I'd also like to welcome Minu Rami from uh, Microsoft. She's the uh, manager of Minecraft Education. Welcome, everybody. Today we're going to talk yeah. about Minecraft in education uh, and what that looks like and how we get teachers involved and um, how we apply connected learning principles um, to the biggest is that correct, you know, the, the largest game of all time? Uh, yeah, one, one of the largest uh, in top three. Yeah, one of, the, one of the most popular games of all time. Terrific. Uh, so I have a couple of slides, so I'm going to screen share a couple of slides to uh, start things off. And then we're going to have a conversation in a panel format. So let's see here. You guys, I'm assuming, see my slides? Yes? Do you see my slides? You're all muted. Well, hopefully you do. Um, a little background on myself. I'm the yes, we do. <laughs> OK. I forgot, you're, if you're sharing, then you can't see us on the side. <laughs> it's OK. OK, so yes, we can see them. All right, terrific, good. I'm like the guinea pig here. Uh, the, um, I'm the author of uh, some books on game-based learning, uh, the first of which here is um, my revised version of Gamifier Classroom, um, which came out earlier this year, an expanded edition, uh, which covers the field of, of course, game-based learning. Uh, below that image is a new book called The Game Jam Guide, uh, published by ETC Press, Carnegie Mellon. That is a curriculum guide for how to get kids involved in designing games on uh, serious topics. So what we have here are the connected learning principles of um, what we're talking about where Minecraft fits in and where it situates in the classroom. Connected learning situates with teachers as well as with students. And uh, we're going to try to address many of these topics here, uh, these parts of the connected learning um, design principles and learning principles. Specifically with Minecraft, we have a lot that pertains to interest-powered and peer-supported learning. So some of my background, loosely researching Minecraft, uh, I wrote an article for uh, the Joan Gangs Cooney Center at Sesame Workshop earlier this year, earlier in 2017. Uh, and this is about all of the Minecraft videos that are actually part of children's programming on YouTube. Uh, in particular, this one is called Wonder Quest, uh, which is a uh, series that's set in Minecraft featuring Stampy Longnose uh, or Stampy Cat, who has about 8 million or so followers on YouTube or subscribers. And um, he's paired up with um, Adam Clark, who is Wizard Keen, uh, and um, he's the sidekick here. Uh, the bottom shows the companion series which is using traditional animation. Uh, it's kind of akin to Brain Pop or Brain Pop Junior videos, 
covering science topics. So here we're bringing in uh, interests that students already have from a game world and characters they're familiar with, and even a world they're familiar building themselves, right? Uh, kids, can, kids can't go out and make cartoons, but they can within Minecraft. So something very relatable seeing that um, in an instructional setting. Uh, and Minecraft is really everywhere, obviously. Uh, so we have Connected Camps here, which is um, a camp launched by uh, uh, Tara Tiger-Brown and Katie Salen and uh, Mimi Ito. Uh, and uh, this is a, an interesting blog from a, a friend of uh, Steve, Kathy, and mine, Paul DeVarsi, who's uh, writing here on their parent blog about um, different issues pertaining to children playing together socially in the uh, ecosystem of Minecraft. <clears throat> My work has also uh, brought me in touch with different authors of books that are set in Minecraft. So, um, you know, this is actually extending this transmedia approach of uh, bringing the world of Minecraft into reading here in this case. Uh, this is a series of books from Danica Davidson, and uh, her work has to do with cyberbullying and digital citizenship. Uh, and uh, she illustrates this in stories that are set within Minecraft. And another author that uh, we've worked with is um, Mark Sheverton, who has, uh, is a retired teacher, and he writes stories set in Minecraft also. He's, uh, again, also a New York Times bestselling author. And he is doing some upcoming work with Nimo Rimo, uh, getting kids to write and helping teachers get kids to write uh, full novels. And he even... Celebrate student work. Uh, three of my students' uh, self-published books are on his website. So I highly recommend that. And uh, a belated happy birthday to Kathy, uh, who was on the Minecraft Twitter chat yesterday. Uh, this is, I would guess, the official or unofficial or official unofficial Twitter chat for Minecraft EDU, founded by Garrett Zimmer, who is uh, PB Jelly Games, and Mark Rundle. And, uh, that's the conclusion of my slides. Um, the last thing I want to show here is in the classroom, um, Mark Sheraton has been very helpful. Uh, so a lot of the people I've mentioned in that slide like to connect with educators and with kids. Um, in this particular case, I had him, uh, I asked him to Skype with my class and uh, he helped guide them to use Storyboard That, which is a uh, authoring tool to make digital comics, but you can actually take screenshots and bring them in. And here he helped my student tell the story about um, medieval architecture and cathedrals, but it's actually a character arc uh, telling the hero journey of an architect rather than just a story of buildings. And um, the last page I'd like to share is an exemplar work here from uh, Glenn Irvin, who uh, uses Minecraft to teach Spanish in his classroom. And it's a really terrific application of immersing students in this virtual world. So with that, those are some highlights of uh, different pockets where I've seen Minecraft used quite effectively. And none of this happens in a bubble. Everybody is connected. Uh, I could see Steve and Kathy Aminu nodding their heads as I'm talking about some of these people because we are all, in fact, connected with this shared purpose. So I'd like to kick it next to... Um, Steve, <laughs> why not? 
Hey, uh, so yes, uh, Steve Isaacs is my name. I teach game design and development at William Adam Middle School in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Uh, I'm also the producer for Minefair, which is a one of the um, official Minecraft community events. Uh, it's pretty much a large convention where we bring all sorts of people interested in Minecraft together, um, from fans to parents to educators and such. So that's been really exciting to, to talking about bringing it all together. I mean, that's really bringing the whole community together. Um, but also, you know, as, you know, as Matt was mentioning, the, I think the power of this um, whole community, and I guess this is the perfect place to talk about that and connected learning television, um, is that that community is so incredibly strong um, and welcoming. Uh, the, the Minecraft EDU chat, the the folks, I think Minu in a bit is going to show um, a little bit about the Minecraft education community website. And, uh, you know, the idea is, like, I always say it, but game-based learning educators and Minecraft educators are probably about the most generous people I've ever come across in my life. And there's such an incredible passion there that everybody is very excited. I would say passionate, but I already said it, um, to share. And, you know, in that, um, you know, we have a lot of neat programs. Like one of the things I'm one of the, Kathy and I are both actually among the global mentor community where the whole idea is for us to be available to um, help onboard educators that are interested. And what we've come to find is there are so many educators that just start to kind of hear about using games in the classroom or using Minecraft and really just don't know where to start. Um, and it's neat that we've created a, a community to, to support that. And I have, um, just to let you know how that works, um, if you can tap into that, that mentor community and schedule uh, a chat with any, pretty much any of the mentors. There are 62, I believe, of us currently. And I've had wonderful experiences talking with educators around the world, really, um, about, you know, just what it takes to get even just started you know how do we download minecraft how do we get licenses for minecraft how do kids you know save their world and share their world and log in and work at home and all those things um you know i think really really you know help uh to to demonstrate to you know we were talking you know basically to demonstrate to everybody that that it's it's uh it's accessible so that's, you know, our goal as mentors um, and such. And I'll, I mean, I'm sure I'll speak plenty more, but I think that's a little introduction. I'd love to, you know, allow everybody else to to chat a little bit about, about their story. Well, although I guess one thing I will, I will kind of share my, my intro myself to Minecraft and then I'll share it off. But, um, you know, it's, it's really neat to hear different teachers' stories about how they got started with Minecraft. And... Like many people, um, I mean, I happen to be a gamer, so I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed at all to bringing games into the classroom. But, uh, but Minecraft, you know, I was, you know, now I've been using it six years or so, but uh, at the time I felt like I was a late adopter. And that was because I had a hard time kind of grasping the game and I wasn't overly interested myself. And, you know, kids kept talking about Minecraft and I finally decided that because there was an easy enough way to, potentially bring it into my classroom. I teach game design. I figured I had to bring it in and let the kids, um, you know, run with it and, and create, you know, with it. And um, I think on your little scale that you or your thing you were showing before, we talked about 
production as one of the the connected learning you know framework and you know it, it it's a beautiful and wonderful environment for kids to produce and collaborate and all that so i've you know um had the you know the kids started to teach me and and we went from there and it was just you know an incredible incredible um learning experience for me to get started and i think most teachers have a kind of similar story when it comes to bringing it in and and luckily having the kids to kind of show them the ropes but uh with that i'll i'll pass it So um, I can pick it up where Steve left off. Um, so one of the greatest parts and the most joyful part of my work with the Minecraft Education Edition team is to be able to work with uh, folks like Cassie and, and Steve on a regular basis, collaborating to create pathways and entry points for teachers who may not already see themselves as gamers or like Steve at the beginning of his own journey with Minecraft where he didn't really get uh, into the game deeply, but his students helped him get there. So that's one of the, one of the things that we focus on um, on our team to be able to create those entry points for anyone who has uh, interest in learning more about uh, Minecraft and potentially using it for, for, their, for their teaching and learning. So I'm going to share my screen. Hopefully uh, this works. And hopefully you're able to see the education.minecraft.net. This is our home base. Um, anyone who wants to begin their own Minecraft journey can get started. Um, as an educator, you get 25 free um, logins that are not time bound and you can spend hours in a single login and learn as much as you want about Minecraft and try and fail and learn uh, new things from that. Um, under classroom resources we have, um, it's not working currently, but if you go under classroom resources you'll find uh, lessons, you'll under community, you'll find who our mentors are, and as Steve mentioned before, um, we have over 60 mentors from, you know, 20 different countries, and we're looking to grow that program um, even more. But I think uh, what brought my, I'm going to pause for a second because it's loading really slowly. What brought me into this community and not having been a gamer and, um, to going on to work for the actual team. I think uh, for me, having been familiar with connected learning principles and having lived and benefited from the idea of having mentors and joining networks and making learning for students uh, deeper and richer by providing students with opportunities to create and to find meaning in their own work, really helped me to understand the potential of Minecraft. So for, for me, at first, um, the idea of working on a team dedicated to helping stu uh, students and teachers see potential for, of Minecraft for learning was daunting. But once I started to do my own research and, and learn about the existing networks and the mentors that are there, um, even as a novice and a newbie and a newcomer to this community, 
I felt like I could pick up and, and move forward in my own journey. Um, so for me personally, it has been incredibly rewarding and, and beneficial to have the um, you know eyes of a newcomer and being able to see things anew and hopefully provide my team with a perspective of what it takes for a, a teacher to imagine themselves using Minecraft for learning. Um, so I'll leave it as uh, at that, but um, I'd love to take questions or if people want to probe things. Um, like I mentioned before, we're working hard on our end to provide those entry points and pathways for, for teachers who see themselves as gamers or, or those who don't, those who are familiar with Minecraft and those who aren't. Um, to to consider it as one of the many tools they might use with their students. So I'll leave it as that. All right, so I guess it's my turn. Uh, my name is Kathy Chow Isaacs, um, also known as Knives Chow or at I Wear the Crowns on Twitter. And um, I am, I guess I consider myself a newbie when it comes to Minecraft because I I don't consider myself a gamer though I do spend hours playing games so I have to res I mean I have to resolve that conflict there um, but uh, I started playing Minecraft about two summers ago after lots and lots of um, I don't know prompting prodding by uh, Steve Isaacs, who spoke earlier, and um, our younger daughter, Layla, she was playing a lot. So I said, all right, fine, I will start playing. And, um, you know, just having that learning curve and that the process of learning the game. Um, and I still, I have to disclose, not, I don't, I still don't play it very well. I'm very much better at breaking than I am at building. Um, having that learning process and just kind of going through and being like, all right, what do I need to do? Let's figure that out. Um, I think that was very valuable. And then uh, I guess I, I did not tell you where I am right now. I'm, um, I am an ed tech specialist and event producer with All Access Labs, which is the company that produces Mindfair, um, Rickfest Live and the Young Innovators Fair, which will soon be called something else. And um, I'm formally an, uh, a technology integrator at an independent school in New York City. And before that, I was a technology teacher at an elementary school in New Jersey. So, um, okay, so that's me and then me as a gamer and how my, the Minecraft comes in is, uh, you know, I, I had started at this school uh, in the city, and I, I think that for me, I had done an introduction video, and I just subtly put two clips in there. I put one picture of um, acacia and oak trees, just stuck it up there, and I said, oh yeah, and I learned the difference between these two things this summer, and then I had started some 3D printing, and I had a creeper up in one image, and I didn't say anything about Minecraft, but that just immediately started it was like an immediate connection for me and these kids that they didn't know me, I didn't know them, and I'm uh, and and like they would just approach me. Hey, did you do this? Hey, did you do that in Minecraft? And do you know how to do this? And uh, I I think that it's the instant connection 
that those two, really just images, just mentions, not even saying the words Minecraft, the word Minecraft, um, you know, that, that kind of may eased my way into that school community. And I'm really grateful for that. And um, I, what do I love? I love um, the feature that was introduced in May. So there's a code builder feature that um, partners learn to code platforms with Minecraft so the kids can um, code. I guess maybe we're gonna talk about this too, but that was, that for me was the game changer. Cause like I said, I'm not a builder, um, I'm a breaker. And you know, for me to spend time, I'm a problem solver. So I really enjoyed that piece. So I guess that's enough for me. And uh, we'll let Matt go back to uh, guiding the conversation. So thanks. Sure, um, and I, I would like to actually uh, throw it to Aminu who uh, would like to comment about some of her experience. So, so one of the things that struck me while Kathy was speaking was how in very um, gentle and approachable way, Kathy is really modeling what it means to be a lifelong learner and a lead learner in any community, whether you're leading a community event or you're leading your own classroom. Um, being able to turn to students and being like, yeah, you have something to teach me and I'm willing to learn from you opens so many powerful uh, doors for conversation and learning that otherwise would not would not happen and you know something that I always say whenever I visit a classroom I'm lucky enough to be able to literally travel around the world and visit many classrooms and meet amazing teachers who are using Minecraft one of the things I always notice is I always leave learning something new about the platform that I work on every single day and I, I always say this, that the students often know more than the programmers who actually work on Minecraft. Um, and that's always an amazing thing um, to be able to experience. Like we all say, you know, students can lead their learning. We all say, you know, those students can demonstrate incredible depth and, and uh, passion um, when they connect to something but it's a whole nother thing to truly see your students as the experts that they are and to bring that expertise into your classroom practice and to honor that expertise and um, to be another learner alongside them. Um, those are my favorite ways to use Minecraft, to learn with Minecraft and to connect with students. So I was struck by um, in, in such an amazing way, Kathy, uh, describe how, how she builds a uh, relationship with students by using her. Yeah, and if I could go on from there, I mean, I, I could not agree more in terms of that um, student expertise part, and I've seen that over and over and over. Um, in fact, I mean, talk about empowerment. I When I did start, um, I knew kind of some of the things I wanted to do, and one of the things I, I love to share is I wanted to set up a server in order to you know, how's the kids' games that they were creating? And and I didn't know really where to start with that. I had a student, though, who did. Um, so I, you know, conferenced with him a little. He had offered to set up a server. And we got into this thing where each day I would come in with an idea like, hey, can we do, you know, this with the server? Like, can we make it that each kid's world is like a separate 
place and we could teleport to them. And like, I knew what I wanted to see, didn't know how to orchestrate it. And he would then go home and come back the next day and say, yeah, I figured it out. And it was just, you know, remarkable to be able to, you know, it transformed my, um, my practice, quite honestly, because, you know, I, I like to think that I give kids, you know, as much autonomy as possible. But I think before using Minecraft, there was still that, you know, me needing to know more than them thing happening in class. And this is what taught me that that was not the case. And I have, and, you know, Minu mentioned co-learning. I have, you know, come to a point where my favorite part of my job is the fact that I am, have become another learner in the classroom. And, you know, I love sitting down with the kid who's trying to solve something and, you know, maybe I can help him find him or her find the way, but I don't know the answer and kids get to see that and we can figure that out together. And um, one of the things I'll actually show too, that's come out of that. That's pretty neat is if I could share my screen here. Uh oh, Let's see. How do I do that? There we go. I think I got it. Share screen. Um, where? Let's see. Okay. One of the things that um, I've been doing with my students is I have them um, I have them create tutorials to teach other people how to do things in Minecraft. Um, so I had one kid last year who created a cycling lock, which, quite honestly. I'll try to click on it and see if it'll take us there. Um, I personally would not know how to create this cycling lock, but, but I'm glad this child figured it out and was willing to share that with everybody. Um, Matt was showing Storyboard this earlier. This site, if it loads, called Snap Guide, allows kids to um, bring in screenshots and text to create a step-by-step -step tutorial about anything. Um, so in this case, this kid did one about this lock, which is pretty complicated, 15 steps. But the, the neat thing is, and again, I don't know if all the pictures will load, um, but you can check out, I have a Pinterest board with all of my student uh, work that I showcase. It's pinterest.com slash Steve I2071. Maybe we can put that in the show notes. But um, so as my kids create these, they have to, basically talk about like also sequential reasoning and everything they have to teach somebody else how to do something step by step with appropriate screenshots to go with them um <laughs> the rubric is fairly simple if their teacher who doesn't know as much as them can um follow their step-by-step -step directions and create their creation recreate their creation then they clearly taught it well enough um so that's been really exciting to be able to have kids, like I do something quite often called um, watch it, build it, and then cre create their own. So with Redstone, they'll first like learn, they'll watch something. You know, kids, the way kids learn is at home is that they get on YouTube and they learn what they need to learn. Um, I find it very interesting that when we, um, you know, I'm gonna turn off the screen sharing if I could figure that out. Um, so, when kids are at home, you know, and I learned this from my own daughter, they learn from YouTube or they learn from wikis and they learn what they want to learn. I think in the, in that framework, you also talked about, um, interest driven learning, or, you know, I like to the term passion based or passion driven learning. So they're learning, you know, beautifully at home. We take them to school and typically we tell them, well, we don't do it that way here, um, which drives me a little nuts. So 
I feel let's embrace the way that they learn and bring that into the classroom. So my kids, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll watch something to learn from it. They'll recreate it. They'll modify it. And then the next step would be to create their own creation, you know, where it's an original creation that they design and build. And then that's where that next step of them creating a tutorial for others might come in. So that's been pretty neat. And, um, and another, uh, well, I'll, I'll stop there for now, but, uh, <laughs> And some other stuff I'd be happy to share if time permits. Um, one of the one of the things that is on my mind when you and, and Kathy share your experiences, you know, if I'm a teacher listening to this, I might find this on Twitter, I might get this link from a National Writing Project mailing list or something. And I don't know anything about Minecraft, I don't know anything about game-based learning. What are, you know, what is like one or two tips you would give to a new to Minecraft game-based learning or connected learning uh, community? What are a couple of tips that you would give to someone who wants to get started? I think this is my, um, I, I think, you know, you play with the kids and, um, you know, let them teach you things because they're so eager to do that. I mean, they, they almost, you know, it's almost like, Ooh, let me show you how to do this. And they, sometimes they are more interested in teaching you something than playing themselves. I mean, there are plenty that just want to play and they're psyched that you let them, but uh, yeah, I, I would suggest if you are just getting started to play with them, um, and that's, that's a, just a great way to connect with them. And I mean, they'll be, you know, f looking for you on every free moment to share something about Minecraft with you. <laughs> uh, if I could comment on that also, um, my experience bringing Minecraft to the classroom, it went back a couple of years to when there was the, um, Minecraft EDU prior to Microsoft purchasing from the, from Mojang or Mojang. <laughs> um, so uh, in that case, I had students play in multiplayer and I, uh, I put them on an island and I was like in God mode, like in the dungeon master. And uh, I uh, simulated that they were in a creative, told them to build some structures. And then um, uh, what I did was I switched it to survival and I increased the difficulty and those that didn't survive were the ones that didn't create structures. And I created this condition of experiential learning for our Jamestown unit. So they already had this, this point of reference. So the game itself became like this digital field trip. But it, it was hard actually for me to figure out what to do next, right? And not every student likes, or professes at least I should say, to like Minecraft, or maybe say it in front of friends, or maybe some do more than others. So here they're bringing their own interests in different game genres to the class, right? Uh, in those circumstances, I found it effective to pair students together or work in groups of three. The ones that know more can teach the other ones. They feel very empowered by doing that. And as a teacher new to it, um, you could start simple. Uh, you know, I looked at things like um, the SAMR model, the substitution, augmentation, modification, redefinition. So you could use Minecraft, or students could, substitution to make like a diorama, show the class, or screenshot 
something they built and show the class. But you can go all the way to, you know, redefinition where students are actually rebuilding and creating this world. Publishing a map is something I've had students do before. Like they create the electoral college process using signs and different uh, non-playable characters they populate. And then I ask them to publish the map so others can play it. Um, you know, to try to get them to take that next step to become the YouTube content creators or the creators of worlds that others will play in because that's what we want from students. Um, and you know, I've heard from parents over the years and I've heard from um, other people who have questioned about using the game in the classroom or maybe my kid knows too much, they have an encyclopedic knowledge of Minecraft, right? Um, but Jim G, James Paul G, the game academic scholar in the 1990s, I believe, noted that you know, a whole generation of children learned how to read from Pokemon cards because you're really working with this interconnected system. Kids go to a biology lab in school, it doesn't mean they're all gonna grow up and be doctors, right? Or they go through a theater class, they're not all gonna grow up and become actors. But we wanna put them in these experiences where they're thinking, and as uh, Seymour Prepare said, they're thinking about thinking, right? And they're thinking about working through these systems. So no, I, I, I disagree with parents who say that, you know, it's not good that they have an encyclopedic knowledge of something that's virtual and not real. But that's not quite the case. Um, I'll give another example. My son is six, right? Uh, in his old bedroom, he had this light switch. Turn the light switch on, the light across the room goes on, right? But if you um, don't have that light switch on, like a hot switch, the light will never go on when you pull the chain. Just how it was, I never really thought about it. Uh, and then he was playing Minecraft on his own, working with redstone and switches, which he learned how to do, of course, from YouTube, right? And then um, he asked, how come the light doesn't work? And I explained how the switch is off. And then he said, oh, it's like redstone. The wire goes through the ceiling, through the walls, and down there, and this is the switch, right? Now, where else could you learn that at age six without actually experiencing doing it, right? Um, and this is where the teacher is important. The teacher is the one who facilitates this knowledge transfer. And my last thought is, I mean, not here, I'm not sponsored by Microsoft at all, just saying. But I love the fact that the assessment is put on the teacher and the student. Uh, it's not the type of dashboard where it counts how many blocks are used or it's measuring whether or not you mastered a game mechanic and that then implies that you understand something. That only works so much. You really need that learning transfer and the tools that are in the education edition, uh, for example, um, the uh, camera so students can take pictures, and then reflect, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big part of learning transfer. And that, that's really what we want from using a game like this. Steve? So, um, you, you know, one thing I just want to reflect back on, because um, knowing Kathy pretty well, um, it used to be great. She was talking before about those experiences with the kids, and, and she would come home and be telling me about the homework that the kids assigned to her, or that they told her, oh, you're ready to do this with redstone or something. And it was like, and she was like, what are they talking about? You know, like she, you know, but it was interesting. Like they had all this great faith in her and continued to pursue that because we were talking about that teaching and that's, that's great. Um, one thing I, I do want to, if I could share my screen again, or actually I'll just talk a little bit about it and then, yeah, we'll see if the screen sharing thing cooperates. Um, but the, one of the, the projects that I do, and I just kind of want to share it, um, because I think it gives a little bit of, uh, 
of context of the kind of lessons that you can do with Minecraft. Um, and this one's neat because I, uh, so you can see my screen, I hope. So I, I have a, a lesson that I, um, that I do with all my seventh graders. So my seventh grade class is called Game Design and Digital Storytelling. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, context behind that. But digital storytelling and narrative in games is very important. And games are a great vehicle to tell stories. So my kids recreate um, a fairy tale, fable, or folk tale, and then create a game around that as well. So the narrative is is important, um, as well as you know bringing in game mechanics and challenges and things. And then in that, they're also learning within Minecraft, um, you know, how to automate things in a game. But uh, you know what I like is that while I teach this for game design and digital storytelling. Um, it's a lesson that you know a lot of teachers could feel free to use for English language arts and whatnot. Um, and this one, I, if you, I hope you see it. I think you do. I think you see Snow White there. But um, this one, I just loved. Um, a, a group of students. You we, we know, can see you, Steve. We can see. Okay, thank you. <laughs> a group of my students decided to do Snow White, and so they started by deciding, "Ooh, for our entranceway, we could build a large pixel." pixel um, Snow White, which I just thought was very creative. And then in their game, it gets, you know, the story is told throughout the game. Um, but then beyond that, they got really into the need for using redstone and automating things within the game. And it, it really became quite, um, quite you know, a, an experience um, for them. And I don't think, you know, some of them, and, and Matt was talking about it, about the collaborative nature of this game and, and cooperative learning that takes place. You know, I remember the days when cooperative learning meant that we gave an assignment and we gave four different kids, um, we gave them a role, you're the reporter, you're the something else, you're the something else, whatever. And that was the way we were supposed to, or I thought, supposed to do cooperative learning. In Minecraft, what I've come to find is that these roles kind of end up forming organically and the teamwork element that comes out of this, it's so authentic because this is what kids are doing on their own, you know, on when they're playing the game. Like, we're not changing the way they play the game. And they, you know, they amaze me time and time again how one kid is especially good at the engineering piece and takes on the redstone. Another kid isn't so confident with that, but, you know, becomes a real supportive part of the team by building sections of the game. One comes to realize they're really interested in the narrative, so they take the story they wrote prior to starting the game and they build it into the game and all these neat things. So um, this is just one example and it's on the, um, the, the site that Minu was showing before and it's just really, really tremendous to see how many lessons are available on that site. And along those lines too, recently um, the education team um, had a number, came up with, you know, developed a couple of great partnerships. Like one was with um, the Smithsonian Institute and um, Minu or Kathy could probably talk a little bit more about that, but there, um, there's a partnership there, you know, related to museums and a lot of lessons around that. The Roald Dahl Foundation, there are lessons I know with James and the Giant Peach and I think some other books. And one of my favorites and anybody as old as me's favorite uh, games from back when, uh, Oregon Trail, um, Houghton Mifflin recently um, started, created a partnership with Minecraft and created an Oregon Trail experience with all sorts of lessons. So it's just this robust resource of 
so many lessons. So for those teachers that might not know where to start, not even the ones who don't know where to start, I mean, some who want to just directly tie in with their curriculum, they're just amazing lessons. And one last thing I'll say on that too, is that one of the neat things about Minecraft, and it's sort of inherent in the way the game is um, delivered, is that any map that you download and open really becomes yours if you want to remix as well. So for me as a teacher, I think of things like if I want to have my kids play the old Oregon Trail, then play this the map that was created, and I want them to play through it, but then I want them to expand upon it and you know build in more elements to it and things like that. And you can do so much. And so for an educator who wants to create content and build upon existing content, the the possibilities are really endless. So I'll I'll leave it at that. So I have to drop off, but thank you to all who are viewing um, this webinar. Thank you for all that you mentioned, Steve. We have a lot to offer. All of the things that Steve just talked about are on education.minecraft.net, and Kathy is actually doing a live uh, lesson, one of the Smithsonian lessons this Sunday in at the flagship store in New York, uh, the Microsoft store in New York. And we're so lucky to get some of her time. Um, and she's leading this lesson for about 25 students coming from New York City schools. Um, and I actually get to see Kathy in, in a couple of days. So I'm really excited. Um, thanks to everyone and thanks for the invite and I'll drop off and I hope you I hope you all have a great evening Thanks so much Bye, Bye Mino. Bye. 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 Um, and before we wrap up um, I'm going to ask uh, Kathy to comment on that and then um, I'll say a few closing words Oh, okay, so um, This weekend is a museum day live. I think that it might be Saturday, but on Sunday uh, we'll be at the Microsoft flagship store uh, doing one of the Museum Day live lessons. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And I thought uh, maybe I would take a turn to share my screen since everybody else did. Uh, Steve had mentioned some of these partner lessons. So, all right, here we go. Wish me luck. Is it going to work? I think it's this one. Okay. Share screen. Here we go. Maybe you see my screen. Maybe you see that we're going to a party. We see it. We see it. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. awesome. All right. So anyway, what I have up, um, Steve had mentioned that, uh, you know, there's a partnership with the Roald Dahl Museum. And so there's a lesson on Minecraft education or education.minecraft.net. There's a lesson for James and the Giant Peach. Uh, there's a lesson for Mass, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's a lesson for the Great Mouse, and those were just ones that I saw speedily, quickly. And then um, this is also on the Minecraft page, but this is the Museum Day Live. Um, you can register for celebrations across the country, but this is uh, featuring, this one features the Minecraft uh, education lessons and there are three lessons here that are offered on the um, Smithsonian page uh, museum idea the universe and building up and as you can see like you know this these three lessons happen to be I mean they focus all the way up to from 5 to 15 and I know uh, who is it oh Glenn Irvin that Matt had mentioned earlier he's using 
Minecraft with his high school students. I mean, I knew that he taught Spanish, but I didn't know until recently that it was at the high school level. So, I mean, uh, you really have, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a wide range of students that you can use this tool with. So um, I'm going to stop sharing and throw it back to Matt. Uh, well, I'd like to wrap things up. And uh, one common thread and theme I've, I've observed uh, from the conversations is that um, Minecraft is like a hub. It's a central point where students can bring their interest to the class. And uh, there's all sorts of different learning that can take place in it, around it, about it. And um, that's what's so terrific about it. It's truly a malleable tool. And um, as far as students are connected with Minecraft, they work in these affinity spaces of their own. Uh, so they're not just publishing, but they're, they're learning from others on YouTube, on blogs, on wikis, and like SnapGuide. Steve's having students uh, participate in affinity groups, not just hang up photos around the classroom or brochures, right? The worst. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Those are my favorite. Brochure, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I my favorite. Say, that's sarcasm. If you want to grow up and get a job putting brochures in the front of uh, Days In, that's great, but you know, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, lastly, game-based learning educators, um, we really see how it inspires students, how it engages students. Students really peak up in, and want to learn. And um, to me, I, I feel like game-based learning itself, the, the practice of game-based learning, is like a cooperative game. Like we're all on the same team playing like Pandemic or uh, you know, uh, some video game together where we're all on the same team uh, getting to this common goal, right? And uh, that's, that's where I see game-based learning is. And all these resources we've been sharing I can tell you, this is what really got me into game-based learning. Everybody helps out. If you send an email to anybody, or not even just Twitter, but an email to anybody in any of these resources, or just Google and send an email, you will get a reply. Everybody wants to help everybody out. People aren't like hoarding their lesson plans and resources in some dark room and not sharing. <laughs> so right. it's a terrific group, and uh, thank you so much for being on the show today.